One thing I did forget to mention, I hope everybody got one of the handouts when you came in, but Jim was handing them out. We appreciate him doing that. If you didn't get a handout, feel free to go back to the back table and pick one up there with the yellow sheet there on the left, and um, uh, it'll help you. Um, today's a different, a little bit different in the um, what I've got on there. I don't really truly have an outline. Okay, it didn't lend itself to having an outline, but it's got a it's got a quite a bit of what we're going to be covering that uh, is important uh, to help you review uh, this morning as we take a look at the next thing in our uh, developing the right kind of spiritual habits. Our keys to spiritual growth is what we're calling it. How that we need to add or build into our lives as believers these things so we can grow spiritually and mature in our walk with the Lord. That's what we're taking a look at. And I understand that it's one thing to know what we need to add in our life, but it's an entirely yet uh, a different thing to actually build these things into our life. And let me ask this before we get started here. Just how well are you building right now on the foundation of your faith in Christ? I'm assuming that you have a foundation. I hope you do. If not, we can help you with that. But on the foundation of faith in Christ, we're to add certain things. And we've been looking at that. And uh, our answer to that question will determine if we're growing and just how much or how well we would grow in our walk with the Lord. And I hope that you'll go ahead and turn to Second Peter chapter number 1 there. And uh, along with that, I want you to uh, hear in the introduction, turn to Ephesians chapter number 4. Now, uh, Ephesians chapter number 4 for just a minute as I, I lay a foundation for what I'm about to say, okay? Um, what we are looking at here is not some man's philosophy, or we could just take it or leave you. So wait a minute, Brother Jerry. Didn't Peter write this? Yes, Peter wrote this. Understand that the apostles wrote under the inspiration of God. This is a God-breathed scripture. And the scripture tells us this very thing there in Ephesians 4, verse number 11, that the apostles were given to us, they're given to believers, to the church. It says in Ephesians 4, verse number 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why, why did he give those? We, for the perfecting of the saints. Why do the saints need to be perfected? Well, for the work of the ministry. <laughs> Amen. Well, you perfect, the saints need perfecting, so the ministry work gets done. And that way, the, the body of Christ gets edified. It's for, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we come... And the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of Man of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed about to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up, grow up in him into all things which is the head even Christ. Now, 
back to our text in 2 Peter chapter number 1. We're dealing with verses 5 through 7. We're still in verses 5 through 7 today. And uh, we see uh, we're, we're talking about these things that we are to add. He says, so let's, let's go ahead and read this. Uh, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience, here's what we're dealing with today, to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. And we're, we're dealing with this, and, and you know, the word of God comes from God, not, doesn't come from man, uh, and if we belittle the truth, then we were gonna, we're going to be little for God. Uh, if we ignore the truth, we do so to our own hurt. You know, some folks that choose, well, I'm not going to hear that. I, I don't... I don't believe that. And so they'll turn, turn their ears away from the truth. If we ignore that truth, we do so to our own, own, own hurt. Biblical truth is meant to make our lives better. You know, God's, God's wanting us to have a better life as believers. And the only way we can have a better life as believers is to grow in Him, to become more like Him. And that gets into this godliness that we're talking about today. You'll see further on down the road as we begin to talk about it this morning. Biblical truth is not only meant to make our lives better, but it's meant for us to delight in. Not say, well, you know, I don't want to hear that. Now, we're to delight in God's Word. I mean, we're to delight in these things. Biblical truth is meant for us to meditate on. We're to think about what we're talking about today and, and think about how the Lord wants to uh, use this in our life and in our walk with Him. Biblical truth is meant for us to learn. Uh, it is doctrine, amen? And we need to know this doctrine. And uh, biblical truth is meant for us to believe we're to, we're to believe God, believe what God says, and believe that, it's, that, that all uh, Scripture is given by His inspiration and that it is profitable to our lives. And, and could I tell you that all of it is? It is profitable to you. And uh, not only are we to, to learn it, believe it, but we're to apply it. It's meant for us to live. So our, our text here uh, thus far, we've seen that in order to be effective believers we are, uh, to, who are maturing in the faith, we must be diligent in adding these things in our life that will bring about spiritual maturity in our life. And it, uh, understand that if we don't apply ourselves and put forth the needed effort, we will not grow. Growth takes effort in your life. You're not going to grow in the Lord unless you're diligent about adding these things in your Christian walk. Now we've seen thus far, we, we, we must begin by adding and cultivating a passion for virtue. And we said a virtue is an inward desire to do what is right. You know, if you don't have an inward desire to do what's right, you're probably not going to do what's right. Yeah? And we would have that virtue. We're to develop a passion for wanting to do the right thing. And then uh, once we have that passion, we're to concentrate on increasing our biblical knowledge uh, so that we know what is right. Amen? Uh, if, you, if you have a desire to do the right thing, well, you've got to know what the right thing is next. And once you have the knowledge to be able to know what is the right thing to do, and by the way, that, 
that knowledge comes along and along as we develop in the Word of God. You, we, we develop more knowledge of things that we ought to be doing, and we add those things in our life. And then, then we make sure that, uh, uh, thirdly, that we must develop temperance, and that is that we must have the self-control to just go ahead and do what's right. right? right? We, you know, we got the desire to do what's right. We come to know what's right. Well, let's just say, let's, uh, let's have that self-control to do what's right. Uh, so that we, uh, when once we know what the right thing to do is, we just do it. Just do it. And then, uh, last week we saw how we must maintain patience or uh, spiritual endurance. That's what patience is talking about. That is, we must keep on doing the right thing, not letting anything divert us from our task of doing the right thing. Amen. Don't, uh, don't begin doing the right thing and then you get uh, uh, distracted and start living your life a different way. We, know we must stay with what we're doing. Not for our salvation, but because of our salvation. You know, we, we're, we, we're talking about growing in our faith. And then uh, we, the, the Lord not only wants us to build these things into our lives, but understand He wants us to continue in them until Jesus comes to take us home to be with Him. And I'm thinking that's not too far along from now. I mean, we, we don't know. We don't set dates. But I, I believe what we're seeing happen in the world, I believe the Lord will be coming back pretty soon. And we want to be ready to stand before Him, don't we? Uh, now, verse 6, So uh, we said there the latter part of the verse 6 in our text, uh, and to patience, godliness. We're to add godliness to our patience. What is godliness? Okay, and that's what the rest of the message is all about. What is this godliness? And uh, let's define what Peter is writing about here. The word godliness is translated from a word that means devout, godly, or showing devotion and piety toward God. Now, that word piety, don't let it get you. Okay, Understand that piety is a word that has been defamed and mystified, mystified in our modern society. Many who use the word think of it as having a better-than-thou attitude. That's not piety. Okay, That's not piety at all. That's what the world thinks when they think of piety. But it's, that's not the case. There's nothing wrong and everything right about true piety. Piety in principle means having the highest degree of respect and reverence for God. What could be wrong with that? Having the highest degree of respect and reverence for God. In other words, it's respect for God mingled with some degree of awe. When you come to understand just how great God is, and you, you know, when, when God opens up himself to you, you get into the scriptures, and you, you, you examine things that are around you, and you re begin to realize just how great he is, you're just kind of like, whoa. <laughs> you know, he's much bigger God than we think he is a lot of time. He, he really is. Now, that's piety in principle. Piety in practice is the exercise of these affections in obedience to God's will and devotion to his, uh, devotion to his service. So this matter of godliness denotes both character and conduct that's determined by the principle of love of God. And the fear of God in the heart. As you, the more you love God and fear God, the more it's going to affect your character and your conduct. And, that, and that's what we're looking at today now. Um, godliness 
is simply, and just think about the word godliness, simply means being like God. That's what it means, being like God. And our thoughts and our actions, or we could say it is being a godly person. It is living life like God intends for us to live. I see the, uh, the Bible reveals uh, in the book of Genesis how that uh, mankind was created in the very image of God. We, we were created in the image of God. God made man uh, to reflect and to bear his image. To reflect his image and to bear his image. But then sin entered into the garden. And mankind fell. And fallen mankind no longer reflected that image as God intended. We still reflect some of the image of God, but we don't reflect it near like what God intended for us to reflect His image. God wanted us to be like Him in our nature, but our nature got corrupted by sin. That makes sense to you? Amen. That's the problem. Well, enter Christ. Amen. That's why Christ came. Christ came so that in Christ we can be made new creatures. Um, and 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now that means that we have been made partakers of God's divine nature. I call your attention back to verses number 3 and 4. Look at verse 3 and 4 of 2 Peter. Uh, when we dealt with the, uh, our previous, with our, in our previous series, we saw this, according as His divine power, God's divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life, notice, and godliness. God's given us all things that we need that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so uh, we, we see there uh, that uh, we, we've been made partakers yet we still live in this corrupt flesh. We've got God's divine nature. That's a gift uh, that came with our salvation. But we still live in corrupt flesh, and God wants us to walk in the Spirit, which is that new nature that we got through Him, but not walk in the flesh. We still we got the two natures side by side, the spiritual nature and the carnal nature. We got we, got, we still we still uh, this flesh wants to do what's wrong. But uh, uh, look look with me at Galatians chapter number five for just a minute. Galatians chapter number five, and we see there in Galatians five uh, this thing, and we and we've mentioned this previously, but uh, I just want, want to reiterate what, what we see here. Verse number 16, Galatians 5, 16. Paul told the Galatian church, said, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. There it is. Okay? And, and you've got to be saved to have the Spirit. If, you, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit dwells within. We're we protectors of the divine nature. We've got protectors of the Spirit of God. And we can by His grace, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are the contrary, are contrary the one to the other, so that you uh, cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now he talks about the works of the flesh there, and we know that list. Uh, I mean, when he talks about adultery and fornication and uncleanness and lasciviousness, those are, are the things that this flesh wants to do. Okay, apart from God, that's what where we were at. But verse number twenty-two. But the fruit of the spirit. Okay, the spirit that lives within. If he, uh, he, his fruit that comes from him is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. See, these are the things that come if we are, if we are walking after the Spirit, those fruits will be manifest in our life. And that's why he says in verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And if you're saved, you live in the Spirit. It's the Spirit of Christ has given you life. You live in the Spirit. So you're to walk in that in which you now live. So a walk of godliness is a walk in the Spirit. A walk of godliness is to walk as Jesus walked. Okay, It's to walk as Jesus walked. 1 John 2, 6. The Apostle John wrote, he says, He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. You say you abide in Christ this morning? Well, if you abide in Christ, you ought to walk like Christ. We've been called to do that. How did Jesus walk? Well, he walked in the Spirit. He did. He, he couldn't be separated from the Spirit. He's, he is God in the flesh. He walked in the Spirit. He walked in obedience to his Father, his Heavenly Father, and, and in John 8, 29, he says, For I do always those things that please him. He did everything that pleased the Father. Well, what should we do if we're going to walk according to Jesus? Well, we ought to look to try to please our Heavenly Father. He's our Heavenly Father too. Uh, and we, we know that we are to walk that way. Now, So, so godliness means to be Christ-like. Not only to be godly, but be Christ-like. Christ is God. No problem there. He is God, God the Son. And uh, Paul uh, said in his own life in Galatians 2.20, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's Galatians 2.20. He, he, is Christ living his life through our life. So the word godliness means to emulate the very character, nature, and behavior of God. God's nature is what? Well, we different characteristics can describe it. We know that God is, uh, is pure. He's holy. Uh, God is love. Amen. And uh, different things. We're talking about, though, uh, you know, a devotion to God which results in a life that is pleasing to God. That's what we ought to seek after. God, having God's nature within. God, godliness includes the holy affections and dispositions that are found in the true worshiper of God who wants to be more like God. That, that goes back to virtue. Do you want to be God-like? Well, that's what the first thing you needed to add in your faith that virtue of wanting to do the right thing. 
the desire to do the right thing. The right thing is to be godly. It's, it's to have this godliness in your life. So, um, godliness includes also a dependence on God that reveals itself in a devoted life. It, you can't walk in godliness by yourself. You have to have a dependence upon God. He gives the help that is needed to live a life that is devoted to Him. Godliness of necessity comes out of a spirit of awe and reverence toward God. And it's a yielding to God in we, we yield to God in our opinion. We yield to God in, in, ju- in judgment in all matters. It's like, uh, what does God have to say about it? Amen? And whatever God has to say about it, that's final. And we, we, we see that the Word of God is, uh, is what matters in all things. Godliness is having, it's living one's life in the conscious presence of the holiness of God. It's having one's heart captivated by the Lord. Godliness denotes a life that is acceptable to Christ, indicating uh, the the proper attitude of the believer uh, uh, toward Christ who saved him. Think about your attitude toward Christ who saved you. Uh, Many years ago, I was blessed to uh, come across um, a singer. He was known as a singing a truck driver. His name was Marvin Harris, and we the first church that I was uh, where I, where I was served at I was uh, associate pastor there. He came by and and uh, just had a, a blessed music ministry. One of the songs that he sang it, that uh, just really uh, drew me to him as far as his music. He said, "It's my desire to be like Jesus." That was the song. It's my desire to be like Jesus. It's my desire to be like Him. And, and I hope that this morning that that is your desire to be like Him. It's both an attitude and a manner of life. The manner of life is not going to come if you don't have the attitude. I, I want to I I uh, be like Jesus. It's a manner uh, really that Paul told Timothy. I'm going to have you turn to uh, this one other place here and look at 1 Timothy chapter number 6. Now, I wasn't as good as about getting all the uh, the resources there on you as far as uh, the the verses that we're hitting. I ran out of room. Okay, and it's like I really need to give people a handout on this because I want you to re- to, to to go back over this when you get home and think about what we have said. And uh, but uh, you might have to write in some of these things. I, I, I forget whether I've got this on there or not. But first, first Timothy chapter number six. Uh, uh, we're we're going to look at that in just a minute. Look at look at First Timothy chapter number four first. First Timothy chapter number four and verse number seven. Paul is telling uh, young Timothy. You know, understand, Timothy was a young pastor. He's a he was the pastor of the church at Ephesus. And he's telling him how he can be a good, a good minister of Jesus Christ. In fact, let's read verse 6 and 7. He says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But then he warned him. He said, But refuse profane and old wives' fables. And notice this. 
Y'all underline this part. Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. That's the manner that, uh, of life that we ought to have, is exercising ourselves rather to godliness. Now look at 1 Timothy chapter number 6 and verse number 11. 1 Timothy 6 verse number 11. Um, in fact, let's. Uh, I, I want to. I want to st- start earlier than that. Let's let's back up to verse number three, and we, we're gonna, we're going to read down through verse number eleven. Look at verse number three. He says, "If any man teach otherwise," uh, and he's talking about otherwise than what Paul was teaching. Paul was teaching the things that he should teach and exhort. It says, "If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according." To godliness. Say the, the doctrine that is right is according to godliness. And he, he goes about and he talks about how he, a person that is not according to that is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh evil strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men, of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth. Notice this. Now, the people in that mindset suppose that gain is godliness. Supposing gain is godliness. What did he tell him to do regarding that? From such withdraw thyself. Notice, but godliness with contentment is great gain. If we seek to to uh, to follow the Lord in godliness, uh, we have contentment in our life with that. That is great gain in our life. And then uh, let's skip down to verse number Verse number 11, he says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Talking about the, the love of money. They flee, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. So we're to follow after, we're to follow after godliness. So that means it does not come automatically. You've got to follow after something. Uh, something got to put forth effort, as is all of these things. It takes effort to add these things to our lives. Now, in Second Timothy chapter number three, in verse number five, we're told that it is possible to fake godliness because Paul mentioned uh, there in Second uh, Timothy three five folks that were uh, uh, had having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof had a form of godliness. Now, God doesn't want us to have a form of godliness. He wants us to be godly. <laughs> he wants us to have the real thing. Amen. And so uh, uh, we know that uh, um, it comes from having sound doctrine, the hearing to sound doctrine in our life. The, the term godliness then refers to responding to God properly with reverence and Devotion. We respond properly to God with reverence and devotion. It refers to having a right understanding and response to who God is and what God has done. See, as we increase our knowledge of God and we come to better understand who God is and what God has done, that ought to increase our reverence and devotion for Him as we are in awe of who He is and it helps us with this matter of godliness. Godliness refers to a desire to have our character transformed to be like the character of God. And guess what? One day we're going to be just like Jesus. Yeah, we're, we're being 
conform to the very image of Christ right now. Little little of time, but we are being conformed. Um, uh, I know I've used this example before, but it, was a, a, uh, uh, it, it illustrates the point uh, very well. Uh, a fellow was taking and chipping away at a big old rock. He was a, a sculptor, and the guy said, well, what are you doing? He says, I'm, I'm sculpting an elephant. He said, well, how do you know how to do that? He said, I just knock away all the pieces that don't look like an elephant. Yeah. We find that humorous, I know, but in our life, listen, we're to knock, knock out anything that doesn't look like Christ. When you come to understand, that's not of the nature of Christ. That don't need to be in my life anymore. You cut it out. And there, when you cut that out, you become more fashioned into His likeness. Now, I believe the point of all of this especially in light of the progression of our spiritual growth that Peter gives us as we add to our faith is simply this. The Christian life is much more than just obeying commands. That's not what I want you to walk away from here. Well, we, we just need to obey God's commands. That will come if you have the right, proper attitude. It's walking with God. Do you have a desire to walk with God? Are you interested in walking with God? Are you, are you pursuing a walk with God? We will not grow much as believers until we understand that we are not just engaged in an effort to keep a set of rules. That's not what Christianity is about. We're involved in a relationship of relationships. We're talking about a relationship with Christ. We have and are developing a relationship with the living God. So let's add to our faith this matter of godliness. A genuine desire and direction in our life to, to, to please God that uh, is born out of reverence for Him. Now, for sake of time, I'm not going to turn to these, but uh, they're biblical examples of Bible characters who had this godliness in their lives. They had it in their lives because they walked with God. Uh, Enoch, in uh, Genesis 5, verses 22 through 24, we find he walked with God. And he's mentioned in the Hall of Faith chapter in Hebrews 11.5. And he's also mentioned in Jude, the little book of Jude, verses 14 and 15. But Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. In a time when everybody was walking diametrically opposed to God, such kind of like what it is today. I mean, there's not a lot of people that are walking with God. There's a lot of folks that are walking against the grain of what God would have us to walk. Noah walked with God, according to Genesis 6, verse 8 and 9. Don't you think about Joseph? Joseph, the Lord was with him when he was carried away into captivity. His brothers sold him into slavery. Uh, Yet, uh, it says that he, the Lord was with him. In Genesis 39, verse 3 and verse 23. I want you to think about Daniel. Daniel the prophet, Daniel purposed in his heart to not devile himself. That's what the Bible says in Daniel 1 verse 8. It talks about how he had an excellent spirit about him. Uh, in Daniel chapter number 5 and Daniel chapter number 6. There are others we could talk about who walked with God. Abraham walked with God. 
Paul walked with God. So what is godliness all about? It's about, if you're a man here, it's about being God's man. Being God's man. If you're a lady, it's about being God's lady. It's about being God's teenager. It's about being God's boy or God's girl. It's about Psalm 1. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I wonder, could you wear that brand as God's man, God's lady, God's teenager this morning? Could you wear that brand? Will you wear that brand? That's what I want you to walk away from this morning with this. God wants us to, to be His in our entirety. Not just have His salvation, but He wants us to walk with Him. Think about walking with God. That means you're walking in the same direction He's walking. Amen? Yeah. That's right. And that's what He wants. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we just thank You today for the truth of Scripture. We thank You for giving Peter these words to give to us uh, uh, that we might know the things to add to our faith, not so that we can be saved, but because we are saved. Faith is what gets us to heaven. These other things are what get us into a better relationship with you. And that ought to be our desire. Give us that proper desire, Lord, to, that we might add these things and, uh, Lord, that we might have a better understanding of what it means about being godly. And I hope that each of us can walk away from here today wanting this godliness in our life. Lord, if there's one here today who doesn't know Christ as Savior, help them become to know Jesus today. And those of us that do know you, help us to help us to properly add and continually um, seek to be what you would have us to be. Add these things to our faith. Have your way in this invitation time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.